Welcome to the Ingenious Podcast, a snapshot of future B2B marketing trends and use it now tips. Learn to be wildly effective in professional services. Each episode features experts with new ideas for your branding and competitive success. Welcome to Feed the Leads, the Ingenious Podcast by Ingenuity Marketing Group. I'm Natalie Klein, your host for this series, and the title of this episode is Your SEO Menu, Creating a Healthy Website. I'm joined today by Christine Nelson. She is a senior communications consultant here at Ingenuity and is the brains behind research, PR, and communication strategy for our clients. She has helped them win numerous awards and PR placements over the past decade. Thank you for joining me today, Christine. Thanks, Natalie. It's going to be fun. I think so. And I am glad we could get together right now because we have something big to talk about. Critical components of SEO within content. And I find it's something people don't really fully understand. There are so many things that encompass SEO. And then on top of it, the rules for SEO keep evolving. That's true. Actually, just in my last two conversations with potential clients, they emphasize their interest in understanding SEO better and how it ties into content. And I've heard and read that some marketers are saying that SEO is dead. Have you heard that as well? Actually, I haven't heard that so much from marketers as I have from website developers who in conversations have said you can just rely on organic search and page indexing to stay visible. I'd like to dispel that myth because we've personally seen how SEO built naturally into content has benefited our clients. SEO is clearly not dead. Actually, it's becoming even more important. And firms need to actively participate in the research and strategy of search engines, including social, to produce better visibility and lead outcomes. Well, SEO, we keep using this term, it stands for search engine optimization. And it is a very big concept and it covers many different elements. So let's just kind of break down a little bit of what drives SEO. Sure, well, we can start with the foundation. Some of the elements that people typically know include creating fresh content that can be searched online, using service and industry keywords, Mm -hmm. having inbound and outbound links that connect to other reputable websites. Those are the fundamentals and they're all part of SEO, but there is so much more. Right because there's also the hidden structure of the website itself. So these consist of like page titles, meta descriptions, and even blog headlines are all huge parts of SEO. Right. And they're the elements that people see in search results that will help them decide if your site delivers what they're looking for and it helps drive clicks. So it's important to develop the content strategically for your titles and descriptions we still often see these elements are either missing for important website pages or they're just not properly constructed. And then there are content tags and image descriptions. All these things are elements that help the bots understand your site. Yeah, exactly. And these search engines, they can't look at a picture and decide what it's about. So that's why descriptions on pictures are important and tags because it helps them see how relevant all of your content on your website is. An example of this is that search engines can't look at an image that you include on your website and decipher what it is. So they need a short worded description because that's how they understand the content. Sure. Yeah. We always talk with clients about creating a site and content that's friendly to humans and (laughs) bots. You need to think about both. 
And even then, you can't just create your SEO strategy, set it up, and be done with it. We've right. found that strong SEO takes constant finessing and adjustments and monitoring. And yes. a lot of clients come to us for that because it is a specialty in itself. There's an art and a science to it. And content needs to be added and updated all the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of clients are really good about creating fresh content. We're seeing a lot of that really good stuff out there, good thought yeah. leadership, consistency of content. But then the keywords need updating based on how visitors are searching you and how your competition is ranking um, for their sites. Right. So sometimes clients don't look at their competition sites to see what what yeah. their content might be, how they might be ranking for keywords. Um, and then, of course, we think we have it all handled. And then Google or another search engine, uh, a social <laughs> site just changes up something. All and you got to change up the game again to, to st stay yeah. To keep up with them, basically. I'm always reading about that next evolution in search rankings, um, especially with mobile search and how people are using their digital search assistants like Siri and Alexa. Oh, yeah. Everything's gotten so conversational, and that's how we have to start approaching some of the SEO and content as well. So with all this complexity, I mean, how can firms really take the first step with their SEO strategy? Well, I know, Natalie, you and I talk about this all the time um, at our office. The one step we see so many firms and organizations skip is the keyword research. Yes. Just fundamentally, you all have to do your keyword research. And it's more than just picking a few phrases based on your services or industries. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have clients come to us and say, we think these are, these are our keywords because they're looking at their industries and their services. Yeah. Um, but it's really an intensive process using certain tools to see how the firm is currently being searched beyond Google Search Console or the different tools that go with the back end of your website. There are other tools mm -hmm. out there that we can use um, to figure out how we can narrow down to your best key phrases as a firm and consistently use them then in the process so that you're becoming ranked better and better over time. And it does take time. It does. Um, you do this research all the time, so you should know. I do. It takes a long period of time, very focused, looking at trends and statistics and just making sure we're selecting the right keywords for our clients. There are a lot of tools to aid in the process, but there's an art to it too. I have to understand each client's business goals in order to recommend the right keywords for them and their web presence. We have... CPA clients that just because it's a CPA client in New York and a CPA client in Georgia, it doesn't mean that being in the same industry, they're going to have the same keywords. Sure. That's a good point, Natalie. I know we've been in situations where firms have brought their own list of keywords and phrases, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. and we can tell right away that they just wrote down the most common things they could come up with. And, um, you know, they'll use words like accounting, surveying, when they actually need forensic accounting or land development surveys. Right. Or maybe, as you said, there are firms in two different states who maybe offer the same service like business valuation, but right. you can use a geographic term exactly. that can maybe customize it more for people who are searching within that state. A lot of people search for terms like accounting firm near me. So, sure. and that's looking at your own, their geo tag, where they're located. And so if you're not using the geographic terms, you're not going to show up in their near me sort Questions. of search. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On so, their phones or using their assistants at home. Right, right. right. 
So, and we've definitely seen that a time or two when clients come with their own list. And I think it just comes down to the fact- Which is fine. It's a good place for us to start. It definitely is. Um, But it just comes down to the fact that they just don't understand all of the considerations that go into keyword research and how some of the very specific phrases are chosen because they increase the chances of being searched and found for them. So when I'm doing a keyword research project, I look at how often keywords and phrases are being searched for on the web. I make sure that the competition level isn't too high because otherwise you're not going to get shown for that. It's, it gets a lot harder to be shown right. for that. Right, if keyword. you're number 2,000 <laughs> exactly among 1,999 firms right. for that key phrase, it's not worth it. It's not. You would have to put too much time and effort into it. So we look for the lower hanging fruit, the things that are still going to provide great return, uh, but get a little bit more specific. I also look for related keywords and phrases that might bring an even higher level of engagement. So if we're considering an ad campaign for a client, I'm also gonna look at how much that keyword would cost for the clicks. Because we don't want it to be an expensive campaign, we can do a lot with very low cost keywords and produce some good results. And when we're talking about accounting firms, engineering firms, financial services firms, they like to keep their costs low on their marketing. Exactly. Don't we all? Right. (laughs) (laughs) We understand that. We're not looking to create some big master plan that our clients don't understand. We want them to understand what we're doing because we believe there's value to our services. And we want to make it very clear how we are getting what the results that they want within the budget that they want. Right, right size the campaign to the client and to the goals. Definitely. So sometimes too, and this is where the art comes into keyword research, even if a keyword may not be highly searched or it may have a higher competition, it doesn't automatically put it out of the running. Sometimes a case can be made to include it based on the client's goals or based on the industry or the competition. We just have to look at all these factors. It really takes a very big picture view. Sure, and we sometimes have very niche focused uh, services that firms offer. And when we understand that, you can use phrases that seem general, but it's how the service is being talked about among the potential buyers. Correct. So we can factor that in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into an area that I know you like to talk about, and that's content. Yes. And more specifically, how these keywords get used in content. When we talk about content, just to get everybody on the same page, we are talking about blog posts, video, podcasts, social media posts, e-blasts, paid search, basically anything that can be used for you to be found online. So tell me a little bit about how you use keywords and integrate them into content and why this is important. Well, I could talk all day about this, Natalie, but I'll (laughs) try to keep it brief. I like that you listed all of those because that gives me good job security. (laughs) As a communications consultant and content writer, there is a huge need for content. Um, One of the ways I like to separate our work from the thousands of content developers out there is that content is not about the content. Good point. Content is not about the content. I will just repeat that. It's about selling your expertise. You are promoting yourselves as professionals and as experts. So in order to gain actual business value and leads from your content, it has to be ranked better than competitors. 
but also better than all the unrelated junk out there that may pop up along with your information. And it is just harder and harder to get attention. Your content must have SEO. There yeah. are, what, millions of new websites being developed every day. Yes, very many. Daily. Yes. So this is why it's so hard to get noticed compared to when the internet first came out in the early 90s. And I should know because I was in a newsroom where the first internet-based computer was installed. And I know I'm dating myself and that's fine because I can position myself as an expert who has seen this evolution, believe me. Well, and even with all the new websites, you'll find that everybody's always updating their websites, which is necessary because if you're not updating, the search engines have no reason to come and index your page. So you do have to be constantly updating but it's, it's existing websites, it's new websites, everything is competition for search results. Yes, and it used to be that websites were just a billboard. Look, we right. exist. And sometimes that's still good for sites that just need to have that SEO for legal purposes, but right. more often than not, you actually want to market your services through your website and Correct. have calls to action. So let's say you want to produce an article on cost segregation this fancy term for, you know, how can I pay fewer taxes um, on my assets? So of course your article is going to have that phrase, cost segregation in it, but we wanna find out what else is a less popular keyword but still related to your firm and client needs. So is Mm -hmm. it real estate accounting? Is it reclassifying real property assets? Maybe it's maximized depreciation deduction. So we look for all of those related keywords that can reinforce each other and then boost your ranking. And that's where the art of content writing comes in. It's really not enough to be a good technical writer these days for professional services. I really believe that you have to also be an SEO strategist. Yes. Or outsource to one who can maximize your content. Definitely. And let's also note here as well that your SEO and your keywords aren't just limited to the content you're putting on your website. You need to use these same SEO keywords in your social media posts and other places because really what Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all these different platforms are, even the job platforms like Glassdoor and Indeed, they are search engines. True, and I don't think we always look at it that way. In content like social media posts and digital ads, you should definitely try to weave in a keyword or a phrase. And for this type of content, you're usually directing people to a website landing page to read a blog or download a white paper or some call to action to get the leads. So you should review which keywords and phrases you used in that content and then include the same ones in your e-blast or social post or ad. And, you know, keep in mind that, as you said, the search engine could be a, a social media platform. And if you are using one effectively, you'll see it that way when you are making social posts and tying it into your web content. LinkedIn, for example, has always offered great SEO for professionals. We've always encouraged um, leaders within firms to have profiles, whether they Mm -hmm. like to or not, because it provides such great great SEO for the firm. It's just phenomenal. And, And people should also be blogging on LinkedIn. I think we're finding, though, that a lot of individuals we work with don't quite understand the full power of LinkedIn and how to harness it. Not to promote LinkedIn too much, but (laughs) it's just, it's the business platform of choice right now. It is. So in summary, SEO is extremely important. Uh, Using the right keywords, 
and making sure your firm can be found. What else would you add, Christine? I would just say that when you're looking at your content strategy, a new website, um, all of that should have an SEO strategy as part of the consideration mm -hmm. and part of the methodology. And to understand that to be competitive in the digital space, you will need to continually update and monitor it. I always learn something during our conversations. Today was no exception. I hope our audience learned something. Um, and I really enjoyed having you on this episode of Feed the Leads. Tune in for our next episode coming soon. Thanks for listening to the Ingenious Podcast. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen. Visit the show notes for this episode and all episodes at ingenuitymarketing.com forward slash podcast.